Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to avoid giving advice, what to do instead. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. So this is something that, I mean, this is one of the great misconceptions about coaching, right? Giving advice. I agree. And sometimes at parties or gatherings, if somebody asks me what I do, I'm often hesitant to say I'm a life coach because Mm. inevitably someone will say, well, tell me what to do with my life. Right, right. There's two professions at parties where people either uh, bombard you with questions or they completely ignore you. And that is a, a, a coach or a police officer. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's cringeworthy, but it's also yeah. super real. And one of the reasons that coaching is big business is because most adults have a really hard time making big decisions on their own and right. navigating change without support. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is although you're not supposed to give advice as a coach, um, a lot of coaches become coaches because they're great at giving advice. Indeed, because you're you're actually pretty good and pretty savvy uh, with seeing the big picture, with strategy, with taking a step back. If you guys are listening and you have this muscle, don't feel disappointed. That's actually one of the superpowers that you can lend to a coaching practice. But the trick is, instead of telling people directly what you see or directly what you think, when you go into coach training, you learn how to use your own vision, your own intuition to teach your clients how to become autonomous adult learners and essentially do it for themselves. Yes. I think that if you have the ability to uh, give wonderful advice, or if you're that person in your circle of friends that everyone comes to for advice, don't minimize that. I mean, I think there's there's power there. I think there's a, you have a gift, right? There. That there's something very valuable in that, but I think it's taking that, which I think is is kind of natural, a natural gift, and then honing it and crafting it, and that's when you can coach. Yep, absolutely, absolutely, and it, it's it's super worthwhile to point out that one of the parts of coach training and becoming a coach is getting good at explaining the difference between what coaching is and other professions where you do actually give advice. So consulting and mentoring are two disciplines where you're literally paid to tell people what to do. Right, right. And, and, and of course, because you specialize in something, because you have uh, some expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, we can break this down. So my uh, professional background is in human sexuality. I have a really, really, really broad base of knowledge. And when people come to me, Uh, for coaching on alternative relationship styles or intimacy or or dating. There's a lot of facts, science that I actually know. And so when I share my expertise, I'm not saying here's what you should do. I'm saying here's what I know. What do you client think about that? What do you client want to do with it? 
Yeah, because if you go in that way, you're uh, empowering the client for uh, to make her own decisions, to craft her own lens. Um, if you just hand over advice and say this is how it should be done, one, it's dangerous because you could be wrong, and and two, you're you're not actually giving client tools. You're mm-hmm. you're almost yep. you're almost enabling her. Yeah, a hundred percent, or him. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, that's something that we contend with as coaches because folks don't come to the space of coaching because they're super great at making decisions and their life is 100% on track. They come to the space of coaching because they have a dilemma. Right. And when somebody's in that space of having a dilemma, that's where coach training comes into play. That's where standards and ethics comes into play. That's where really understanding the science and the discipline comes into play because you have to manage yourself and your own emotions and your desire to jump in and fix things for other people and actually put it back on the client so that they learn and grow how to do it for themselves. Yes. And this is why, and and I, I know many people who um, have large Instagram followings, or they have some built some kind of community, and they decide they want to be a coach without getting any training. And I just see a car crash, you know, because um, I'm not saying they're not effective, but a- a- after a certain point, um, if without these tools, you're gonna you're just gonna run into problems, you know. You're gonna plateau. You're gonna also uh, possibly the coaching may backfire meaning you may be doing more harm than good. Yeah, absolutely. And we we don't want to get into situations as coaches uh, where we're pushing past our comfort zones. So intuition is a wonderful tool. And one of the really wonderful aspects of coaching is that we're not responsible for the choices that our clients make. And so if you reach a threshold where you're working with a client and you're sitting there saying to yourself, I have no idea what to do here. That is a normal, natural, and appropriate sign that you literally don't know what to do. And so you need to refer that client to somebody else who can actually help them, whether it's a mentor, a consultant, or a therapist. Right. So let's talk about uh, what you do as a coach in place of giving advice. Absolutely. So first up is listening actively. What does that mean to you? It means you're not just uh, hearing the words. It means you're taking in the client, the subtext, the energy, um, you know, body language, all the information. Yeah, I'm so glad you said energy. Let's get in there because that's a big one, right? Mm -hmm. So how, what is it like for you experientially, whether it's your client or your girlfriend or your kid or your friends, how do you sense somebody's energy? What do you know? Like, what is that about? Yeah. So um, before I had a very dull radar when it came came to energy. I mean, I used to think the word energy only referred to to battery life. Um, Today, it's a big word. Um, I I take in the person um, everything from uh, the the uh, the frequency they they give off um, eye contact uh, mannerisms what they're not saying you know um, and and then even body language uh, the hunched shoulders or you know how they move their hands you know do they light up when they say something do they not light up like all of that I think um, 
produces an energy because with any human exchange, uh, there is energy there, you know? And so, um, getting better at reading that I think is a, a great tool when it comes to coaching. Absolutely. So I want to model this in two directions. So let's say you have a corporate or career slash professional coaching client and they really are struggling. They're at a crossroads. They're not sure where to go with their career. And you listen to your client and they're talking about a project that they're working on. And all of a sudden they come alive and they are stoked and they are intellectually engaged. And it's not the words that are being said that are important. It's the energy around that stuff where, you know, that tells you that whatever that subject matter is, your client loves it and your client might not be able to see that. Yeah. And your job is to see that, you know, your job is to notice things that your client um, probably doesn't or wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you another example. Um, So let's say you have a, a client who's come to you for dating and they really, 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 really want to be partnered. That's their goal. They want a partner. They're alone. They're sick of being lonely and they've been dating somebody and they're telling you it's going well. Their words are saying this is going well. You ask them about their most recent date and they say in a very flat tone, oh, it was very nice. <laughs> mm, right, right. So knowing that your client wants to be partnered and hearing your client give a lackluster delivery, it's your job as a coach to get in there and see if there's a difference between what your client says they want and where they're actually at. Yeah, absolutely. And also uh, fear, you know, as you're having conversations with your client, as you're, as you're helping him accomplish goals, um, noticing the energy of fear and, and how it shows up and when it shows up, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And when we do this, when, when we go through these little uh, subtle pointing outs of energy or words or nuances, fear, elation, you know, whatever, this is how we help our clients gain awareness, which mm-hmm. is one of the major tools in coaching. So, you know, when we point out to our clients, you know, you were really energized when you were talking about or like you sounded like you actually hated that date. That is the foundation from which we need to make a decision. So if it is true that that project gave you energy, and if it is true that you really didn't have too much fun on that last date, then client, where do you want to go from here? The other thing that most people don't think about is the actual relationship you have with your client. That can become training wheels that can become uh, therapeutic. It's not therapy, but it can be therapeutic in that if it's a positive, encouraging, supporting relationship, then it, it wires them differently. You know, if you take a client who um, has never had healthy relationships or is not used to being supported and, and, and someone championing his story, then you doing that as a coach, like that space, that framework, that in itself is super powerful. Oh, hell yes. I am so glad you brought that up. And I want to go a little bit deeper there with uh, something that is very valuable about the space of coaching that coaches and clients don't typically realize up front. So we all have hopes and dreams. Um, We all have things that we deeply want for ourselves. And these are things that we don't typically say out loud Mm -hmm. to the other stakeholders in our lives. Like, 
my husband said to me the other day when I told him that I wanted a greenhouse, you know, we've been together for seven years and I had no idea that you had an interest in ever having a greenhouse. So mm. when clients come to the space of coaching, they're often giving themselves permission to say things out loud that they have never, ever, ever shared with another human. Yeah. And in that experience, that experience of actually uh, being able to say something out loud and getting a different response, you know, um, getting held, getting supported, uh, that to me, that is so much more powerful giving a client that experience than, you know, telling them um, what to do or giving yes. them some kind of strategy. Yes. All right. So I have a great example of this and it's from my own life. So there was a point in time when I was trying to make the decision if I should stay in my uh, PhD or mm -hmm. if I should uh, become the head of Journey as CEO. And I was young. I was only 36 at the time. And I told my parents what I was thinking about doing. And they went into classic advice mode of, right. well, you have to think about your future and what about the risk and this and that. And they were scared for me and coming from a position of fear. And they put a lot of doubt into my mind. And then yeah. I presented the same conundrum to a coach, shout out Mark Rabbit, who's awesome. And he turned it right around on me and asked me the God question and said, Noelle, if you were dead right now and you asked God to send you back to earth, what would you say you were going to do with your time in order mm. to convince God that you deserved your precious life? What a difference. Yeah. You know, um, this is the classic example. Our, our parents are, and of course it's coming from love and care, but um, most of our parents would give us advice um, they also come from a different generation. So the advice that they're giving us is from a different framework and model, right? Different lenses. But yeah, absolutely. It's it's the same thing that I, I uh, encountered when I bought a motorcycle for the first time at age 35. And uh, lots of pushback and that's it's dangerous and you're going to die. And I get all that. But um, because of my parents' definitions of, of a motorcycle, um, they were against it against it. And not only that, but, but almost threatening, you know, <laughs> and this is wrong and you shouldn't do it. And, and, you know, you're not a good son if you do it. Um, but of course there was a story to me and, and having a motorcycle. It wasn't just to have a motorcycle. It was more of connecting to the 14 year old that, um, you know, wanted a dirt bike, but never got one. And, uh, when I decided to get one, it radically changed my life. And it's, you know, if a coach asked me, um, why I wanted a motorcycle and what that meant to me, and we explored that, it would have been um, a lot more powerful and, uh, and effective than someone just saying, it's dangerous, don't do it. Yeah. And so, you know, guys, what we're describing here is the process that you take your clients through of developing awareness around what they truly want. And a lot of times that sits in opposition to the quote unquote advice that they hear from everybody else in their world, whether it's their parent or their boss or their friend or their partner, whoever. So your job is to champion your client's true inner self and help your client not only gain awareness of that self, but really love that person and say, you know what? 
I deserve to go after that which I truly want in life. Yes, you are um, creating soil, right? By asking questions, you are exploring, you're being a detective. And, and you know, you are challenging the client, you know, not, not in a bad way, but challenging the, challenging the client in a way where um, they could see something differently. And so all of that creates awareness. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the springboard for client growth, which is, you know, the last piece of what we truly do in coaching is once you harness that awareness and once you set up that challenge as a coach of like, well, client, you know, or John, you know, you've told me that you've always wanted a dirt bike. You've always wanted a motorcycle. You've told me that it's going to make you come alive. You've told me um, that, you know, this is something that you feel can really transform you. What will your life be like if you never do that for yourself? Right. You, then you're, uh, then I would be outside um, watching my life instead of actually engaging in it, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's something that I wouldn't want to do. Exactly. And so, you know, client growth is slow and messy and hard and scary. And the reason that coaching is so valuable and effective is that you have a trusted person week after week to check in with while you as a client do the very heavy lifting of, you know, moving forward and leveling up in life. So, I'll share what I'm working on right now with my own coach is learning how to consistently deliver feedback to everyone in my life. Mm. What do you mean by consistent? You mean you mean uh, yeah. in a way that 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 matches uh, your truth and and that's accurate and that's yeah. So part of my story is um, codependence. And that's something that I worked on in therapy for a really, really, really long time. So for those of you who don't know what codependence is, codependence is a feeling that you need to sacrifice your own needs, values, wants, worth, whatever for the people in front of you. So, you know, coming coming out of that experience emotionally and relationally, I developed some pretty bad habits and patterns Mm -hmm. of when... Things were going on um, in my personal or professional life, I wouldn't speak up because I would say, I'll just do it. I'll work harder. I'll carry the ball, you know? And what I've learned is that as as our organization is growing, and in order for me to be an impactful leader, I need to give people, a lot of different people, feedback all the time about what's going right, what's going wrong, what's going sideways. And it was my own um, experience as a young person with codependence that's been getting in the way for me. Mm. So what what's happening for me, the experience that I'm having is learning for myself, oh shit, I have to give feedback right now, don't I? Okay, what does this look like? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not only what does it look like and how do, how do you do it, but um, what's the meaning? Meaning if you don't do it, uh, if you, if you, you know, if you can't execute it, um, then personally, what does that, what's the meaning of that? You know? And I think that's where we can get a lot of leverage. Yeah. And if, if I don't do it, you know, just even looking at my personal life, um, if, if I never give people who love me and who I love feedback about, you know, how I'm experiencing our relationship, then, you know, I, I let myself be sad and unhappy when I might not have to be. 
Yeah. You know, you know, what's interesting is um, I also uh, have struggled with codependency, um, but I swing the other way in that I, I, I actually, I talk too like I do too much of that. I got to pull back and sit with things more, um, take more ownership, responsibility. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of on the other, <laughs> other spectrum uh, as you are. Yeah. And I think that's really important um, because what we're demonstrating really beautifully here is same, same root problem, codependence Mm -hmm. that we've both worked on in therapy that we can both bring to the space of coaching. So if, if, if it's the same coach, we're working with both John and I, um, that coach couldn't go into the situation with a singular mindset of, oh, here's how you approach somebody who's had problems with codependence in the past because we're completely different. Right. And that's why you have to ask questions. That's why you have to ask questions. That's why you can't give advice. That's why you have to learn your client, learn where they want to go, learn where they've been, and learn what they need to change in order to become the person that they truly want to be. So if you're interested in becoming a coach, know that it's not just about giving advice. It's active listening. It's helping your client gain awareness and facilitating client growth. Absolutely. And come see us at Journey Coaching. Um, We talk about this stuff all day long and have a ball while we do it. And we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And if you're great at giving advice, it is a gift. We're not saying it's not a gift, but we're saying that's just the beginning. It's not what coaching is. Yeah. There's so much more. Come on in. The water's warm. Yes. Thank you guys. Be well. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's jrni.co slash everything.